Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your Creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast. This is episode 75 for the fourth of Adar Aleph in a leap year. And today I would like to discuss a psychological phenomenon called the arrival fallacy. And this is something which is very commonplace. Most likely many of you have experienced it yourself. I know that I have, which is that after achieving a very big goal, something that you've been working at for a long time, there's there's a common feeling of emptiness, a common feeling of like, depression, sadness, whatever you want to call it. So this is very common in people who run marathons, people who, uh, who climb really tall mountains, people who write novels. So maybe you've experienced this yourself. If you've been working towards a certain goal, you've been working on a project for a really long time and it's really exciting for you to get there and you're so excited to get there and you're so excited you plan a celebration afterwards. And then it's like you get there and you feel empty and you kind of feel like, that's it. <laughs> this is it. That's that's all, you know, that's all there is. Uh, I know that I have definitely experienced this feeling when I'm working in my yoga practice and or handstand practice. I'm trying to achieve a certain goal. I'm really excited to get to that goal. And then when I get to that goal, when I get that pose, it's exciting maybe for a split second and then it kind of fades. And then it's kind of like just it feels, yeah, it feels a little dead. It feels a little dull. So This actually has a chemical component to it. For those of you that are interested, there is a certain hormone, otherwise known as a neuromodulator in our brains called dopamine. I've actually discussed this a couple of episodes ago as well, uh, which is responsible for our feelings of motivation and drive and striving towards something. It's what keeps us going kind of thing and work towards different goals. And what happens with this this uh, neuromodulator dopamine, it's actually very interesting, is that the more we, it increases the closer we get to that goal of whatever it is. It actually, this, this, uh, it actually comes into play a lot with addiction as well, even with things having to do with like being addicted to our phones and social media. So it's like when we get that, um, that, that notification, that like, it's like we get this like hit of dopamine, like really strong. But then what happens is that once we get to the goal, so it's like we're getting closer and closer, like you're writing that book, let's say, you know, day one, day two, day three, you're increasing, increasing, increasing your levels of dopamine. You have one sentence left of your book. Your dopamine is spiking like crazy. But once you get to that finish line, once you get to the end of the book, what happens? Your dopamine levels plummet. And they go down really low. And the more dopamine you had, the lower it plummets. And this is going into, I don't want to get too much into addiction and that whole discussion, that's a discussion for another time. But this is really how addiction works because what happens is that we can really get these dopamine hits from all kinds of different ways. The healthiest way is through 
achieving different things like through running marathons those are healthy outlets for achieving dopamine or maybe you don't have to run a marathon it could be as simple as like you know taking a walk around the block if that's a goal for you like these are healthy outlet outlets for our dopamine but like kind of like a quick fix for our dopamine is social media or it could be eating it could be like every time you eat a cookie you're getting this like hit of dopamine that you want that cookie and then you eat it and so forth. And what we'll learn about today, and don't worry, I will get into the Tanya, I promise, um, is that really the solution to this feeling of emptiness that happens after getting that really large dopamine hit, really the only solution out of it is to come up with another goal, is to come up with another way to to increase your dopamine. And then your dopamine reserve gets recharged and it, the process starts over again. So again, if it's if we channel these this tendency that we have towards wanting to chase after dopamine, so to speak, in healthy manners, this can be really healthy and this can be really good uh, because then we just continue to push ourselves and to strive towards different goals. If we just live with the quick fix dopamine level, this would involve going on social media and spending hours and hours and hours scrolling through your feed because you are just trying to continuously keep up with that dopamine hit. And it's it's that that's a not a very healthy way to access that dopamine high. So that's more of a discussion for another time. But just to conclude with this this part and then we'll get into the Tanya. So I know that I have experienced this myself in my own yoga practice is I remember when I used to go to a studio and I had a teacher, the way that the style of yoga that I used to uh, practice worked is that you would do your practice and you would have a certain amount of poses and your teacher would walk around and look at you and see how you were doing with your poses. And then when the teacher felt that you were ready to move on to the next pose, they would give you another pose. And this could take two days. This could take a week. This could take a year. You never really knew when you'd be ready to get that next pose. It was. It sometimes felt a little bit random. And I'm a very impatient person by nature. I like getting goals, getting to getting different things, getting new poses. So I remember it was a very frustrating experience for me in the beginning because what would happen is I would come in and I do my practice the first time I was there. And I, in the beginning, I advanced very quickly. I would, I was getting new poses pretty much on a daily basis. So every day, another pose, another pose, another pose. And now that we have the, the chemical biological background, we can understand that I was getting dopamine hits each time. Dopamine hit. Oh no, I need to replenish my dopamine. That's okay. I got another pose, another dopamine hit, another dopamine hit. Then one day, I got a pose and I was not getting another pose. And I, at first it was understandable because I was struggling with that pose and I, it was taking me a while to really be able to do it properly. But then even after I felt like I was doing it properly, I still was not getting another pose. And it was very frustrating because every day I would come into the studio expecting and hoping that my teacher would give me another pose. And alas, I would go home without another pose. And this went on literally for months. And eventually I came to realize, I don't know at what point that, okay, wait a second, just let go. <laughs> Let, let's assume you are never going to get another pose because there is you have no control over this. Your teacher is going to let you know when you have another pose. So just, just go with it. Just get into your practice as it is and forget about that next pose. And it really, really transformed my practice. I did eventually get another pose, yay. <laughs> but then again, you know, the practice became started to become more and more difficult. And it, it really transformed for me because it became less about 
when am I going to get that next pose? And it became more about just doing the practice and being in the struggle and seeing the value of the struggle in its own right. So I know this is like a very long intro, but this was this is really the topic of today's Tanya, is really seeing the value in the struggle in its own right and letting goal, go of the goal. Like where we've been talking about this whole time uh, in the past few days about getting down and out about yourself when you get inappropriate thoughts because, and yesterday we talked about that it's, it's sort of like this reminder that you are not a tzaddik and it's sort of like this reminder that you still have a lot to work on and you have not reached your goal. But the ultra but here is in today's Tanya, he's flipping it all on its head. And he's saying, what if you were to understand that banishing inappropriate thoughts from your consciousness entirely is not actually the goal because this is never going to happen. You're never going to get that next pose. Like what if you never got that next pose? What if you never got there? What if you knew that you would never become a tzaddik? What then? And then the ultra says, this is not a reason to be depressed. This is actually a reason to rejoice because what if you realized that in fact your whole purpose is the struggle? This is your purpose. And not only is it your purpose, but as we'll learn in today's Tanya, this struggle, you struggling and battling with your internal impulses actually is an extremely powerful thing. So powerful that it it has very supernal heavenly effects. So it has cosmic effects. Like your little struggle with your internal impulses is affecting not just you, but it's affecting things on high and in a more cosmic kind of way. So it's not about the fact anymore about that you're not getting to a certain goal and you haven't achieved a certain level of who you are, that you, you, you have this image of who you think that you should be. It's, we're getting rid of that entirely. There is no more goalposts. The, the goal now is to be in the struggle. So let's get into the Tanya and see how the Altarabba breaks it down in his own way. So the Altarabba says that with every pushing and pushing of the thoughts, of bad thoughts out down here, like whenever a person pushes away inappropriate thoughts out of their minds down here, this causes an arousal above because there's this principle that every time there's an arousal down here in Hasidic terminology, it's called esousa de la tata. This causes an arousal above, esousa de la ela. And so what arousal does this cause above? This causes that the the higher, the supernal sitra achra also gets subdued. And the ultra rabbi, likens this supernal sitra achra to an eagle. Like an eagle is known as kind of being this like very prideful uh, bird that's flying around and everything. And uh, the ultra cites a verse from Ovadia, chapter one, verse four, where it says, So if you will fly like an eagle, I will shoot you down. So basically what the ultra rabbi is saying here is that when we push aside bad thoughts out of our minds and we subdue our negative impulses down here, this shoots down the eagle above. This shoots down this like energy of pridefulness above in a supernal way. And then the altar of here cites the Zohar in which it's explained, and this is from Parshas Truma in the Zohar, where it says that the, the, that the, um, that God gets a lot of nachas, like a God gets a lot of satisfaction from a, there's a great satisfaction that comes to God when there, the Sitra Ahra is subdued in such a way. Because when we subdue the Sitra Ahra down here, what happens is that the glory of God rises up above more than any other praise. And the ascent is greater than all else. So it's a very, very great ascent and that happens 
as a result of our actions of merely just pushing aside our bad thoughts literally more than anything else. So it's pretty intense. So thus, the Altruba says, a person should not get down on themselves when, even if their whole life they are in this war, because th perhaps this is why they were created, in order to have this struggle and in order to continuously and continuously push down this Sitra Akhra, always. And then the Altruba goes back to a citation that we had brought from Eov, where he had questioned this, why why did Eov say this? What did Eov say? He said, you created wicked people. And so, and we had asked at the time, what does this mean? You created, if you created wicked people, how can you blame these people for being wicked if God created them? And so the altar says, it's not that they are actually wicked people, God forbid, but rather it will come to them just as if they were wicked people in their thoughts and in their different ponderings they will have thoughts that wicked people have and they need to constantly, constantly wage war with these kind of things and push them outside of their attention span in order to subdue this sitra And nevertheless, this will be an eternal struggle. So this is why they're likened to like being like Rashaim because it's something that is going to be constant. It's perpetual. You're never going to eradicate your negative thoughts completely. All you can do is push them aside because if you could eradicate them completely, you would be a tzaddik and that, and as we've already described before, this is not, most people are not tzaddikim and we're assuming that anybody reading this book or studying this Tanya, including myself, is not a tzaddik and never will be a tzaddik. And that's okay. And that is really, really okay because that's not what we were created for. We weren't created to be tzaddikim. We were created to try to be benanim, which means that we have this uh, to, which means constantly, constantly, constantly having this war and constantly pushing down the Sitra Ahra. So that's the end of this section. So just again, to kind of like recap the Tanya portion, I know I gave a really long intro explaining it in more human terminology, but really to recap this Tanya thing is that a person really should not get down on themselves by the facts that they are having inappropriate thoughts. Because the effect that happens as a result of pushing aside these thoughts out of one's mind is so incredibly powerful that it causes the glory of God to ascend in such a way that nothing else can cause it to ascend. So it's really, really quite amazing. So it's like we should know that our little actions down here, even the smallest action is pushing aside a negative thought, really has this cosmic effect above and causes this supernal ego, so to speak, like sort of like this energy of pride in a cosmic sense to really be shot down. And not only that, but we should really recognize the fact that we're never going to eradicate our, th our bad thoughts completely. And that's okay. And that's not our purpose. But that doesn't abdicate us from responsibility. So a person might think to themselves, oh, okay, so I'm just going to always have this struggle. Okay, so I'm just going to let my thoughts come in and forget about it. It's useless. It's useless to fight. No, what we're saying here is the exact opposite. That is actually your whole purpose is to fight against these thoughts. Your whole purpose is to continuously push them out continuously over and over and over and it is a perpetual battle and it will never be won but it's not about winning it's about being in that battle and being in that struggle and that's really what god loves so that is it for today and we're going to continue in this chapter tomorrow i'll speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarit switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather avraham yitzhak ben benyamin cohen of blessed memory music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. 
To find out more about the It Is Taught project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow, and until then, have a great day.